but he'd be timing me. I want no timer up there, okay? No timer, okay? All right, here we go. First uh, Timothy chapter 4, verse number 10. This is where we ended up in this series to jump off into Calvinism. We'll, we'll read that, and then we'll continue on. First Timothy chapter 4, verse number 10. For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially of those that believe. And you remember that whole reason why we jumped off there, because it just smacked right down in the middle of uh, Calvinism into the limited atonement. It's not limited. Jesus is the Savior for all men, especially of those that believe. Okay, let's go on. Verse number 11. And this is our text here tonight. These things command and teach. These things command and teach. You need to get your Bible open to uh, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4 because we're going to be looking at what, what he's talking about. What are the these things? And so we're going to get back to it. Let's stop right here and just pray and ask the Lord's blessings. Lord, we do need you tonight. Again, in this service, like every service, Lord, we, we want you to be present. We want you to be um, available to us. We want you to be teaching and guiding and, and leading. Lord, it's been wonderful to, to meet together and have your Holy Spirit do his work in hearts as only he can. And, and Lord, I pray that you would uh, indeed give the comfort that we need as a congregation and, Lord, especially individual members need today and tonight. Lord, I pray that you would be with the Gascoins that, uh, and the losses there. And I heard that also just a, a moment ago, right before service, that uh, uh, Brother Rob and Amy's uh, garage was broken into last night. Uh, it seems like uh, uh, trial upon trial. And, um, but, Lord, I just pray that you just uh, protect, that you would be what we need, and you'd be the comfort that we need. Lord, I pray for um, uh, Brother Matt, uh, Greg, his mom passing, and that you'd be with him and his family, Lord, that you'd uh, give him the, the strength and encouragement that he needs. Lord, I pray for Brother Dave Mayfield as he's in Colorado and they're making arrangements right now for uh, the funerals. Um, the funeral with his uh, father. Lord, I just pray that you just uh, be with the family and give what we need. Lord, I pr pray that you be with uh, Jacinta. She's here tonight, this, this afternoon. She spread the, the uh, ashes of, of her uh, late husband and, and uh, just uh, difficult, difficult things. But Lord, you, you promised to be the one that is there and the one that would, would comfort in our loss and in our grieving. And Lord, we, we thank you. We thank you for being such a great God. And so, uh, uh, Lord, we, we pray that you would just uh, be with us as a congregation as we go through difficulties and trials. Lord, I pray that, that you would help us to have the right attitude towards your instruction. It's so very important. Lord, it's so very important for us to have the right mindset on receiving your word as we're coming to a Bible preaching message again tonight. Lord, I pray that we would, as your people, come open and come uh, yielded and come uh, 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 pliable to your word. So, Lord, I pray that you help us have the right attitude. Help us understand the, the type of attitude that we need to have in uh, receiving your word in a service like this when it's being preached. So, Lord, I pray that you just bless. Bless and all that's said and done. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> these things command and teach. So, what are the these things that he's referring to in this passage, 1 Timothy chapter 4? Well, in context, we can see that these things are the difference between the lies of the deceivers, typical in the last days, and the truth. Because he says right from the very beginning, verse number one, he says, 
Now, the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter time some shall depart from the faith. Okay, this is what's going to be happening in the days in which we live today. There's going to be a lot of lies, a lot of heresy, a lot of garbage, a lot of junk that God has never endorsed, never taught, but they'll say this is what God says or this is the truth, and it's not the truth. So the, these things that he's talking about here um, are, are those things that are, that are uh, being, being uh, uh, pushed. Um, the typical in, in the days in which we live, the doctrines of devils promoted by Satan and his army of, of uh, believers. Look at verse number one through verse number three. It's countered by the truth of God. Verse number one through verse number three. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits. Doctrines of devils speaking lies and hypocrisy have their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to merit. Now these are things that, that Satan and his cohorts are pushing. That, that is contrary to the truth of God. It's countered by the truth of God, verse number four, verse number five. For every creature of God is good. He said, no, no, this is the truth. Verse five, it is sanctified by the word of God in prayer. This is what God says about these things. This is what Satan says. They're contrary. They're different. <coughs> they contradict one another. These, contradiction, these contradictions, Satan says this, but God affirms this. These things, the, the, the confirmation of what God says in opposition to lies should be taught over and over to the saints. These things, these things command and teach in the last days. So here in these verses, believers are to be uh, reminded of the truth. Look at verse number six. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister. So you're to be reminded. Now, when you're reminded of something, you're not being taught anything new. It's something that you know, something that you've heard. But it's to, to uh, 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 bump your memory. Just like I said moments ago, after service, somebody remind me that we're going to meet with a uh, Mexico group here because we, we need to go over some things. And so I might forget about that. And so I need you to remind me. You're not going to be telling me anything new. You're not going to be telling, telling me anything I didn't know. I didn't even say myself. No, you'll just jog my memory. <laughs> like in The Princess Bride. Do you remember when the giant, uh, uh, Andre the Giant, he says, uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, Fezzik, no, no, I can't remember what the, the giant's name was. But anyway, he says, jog his memory. And he goes, boom, he knocks the guy in the head and he falls up. He says, oh, I think I jogged him a little too hard or something like that. So, so reminded is, is just having your memory jogged. And he says, be in rem uh, if, thou, if thou put the brethren in remembrance of these, thou shalt be a good minister. So that's why we meet continually. That's why we're here on a Sunday night. That's why we're, we meet together on Wednesday nights. That's why you go to Sunday school. That's why you read your Bible over and over and over. We are commanded not only to learn new things, but to be reminded of the things that we are familiar, familiar with. The things that we know, the things that we believe, to be reminded over and over and over. That's not saying that sermons should be repetitive, but it is saying that this spiritual nourishment is necessary to focus in on and consume over and over again. That's the only way to grow and to get strong. Like eating. You know, one of the staple foods that we, that we eat today is protein. Everybody needs protein, and you get protein in different ways, either from meat or beans or, or uh, different things. Uh, uh, protein. This protein is necessary for physical activity. 
but you need it over and over and over again. It's the same thing, but you need it over and over again to, to continually fuel your body for the energy that it needs. It, it needs to have fuel to uh, uh, produce and, and to, to do things. Let me give you a, an example. Uh, staple f- food, like I say, is protein. Um, I learned grilling steaks as a single father. I'm not much of a cook, but uh, you know, when I lost my wife and still had two in the house, I, you know, I didn't know how to use the barbecue, and so I did. That's what I did, and I was very familiar with that. So that's what I did. I, I barbecued, and I like steak, so I majored on steak. You know, I didn't know a lot, a lot to do with meat, but I did know I'd throw it in the in the the barbecue, and 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 so I just have steak over and over again. Go to the Costco's and get the tri-tip or whatever they have, a, a bunch of slabs of it, and throw it in. The, and I I cook steak. Over and over. By the way, if you guys remember those that went through our trial those years, we had family members that signed up and provided things. The only way we would ever have anything green or healthy would be from members that helped us along there. Because me, I would just steak. And then I learned salmon. They also have salmon at Costco's, you know? And so steak or salmon, not bad. You know, until it's like every night, over and over. I had steak and steak and steak and then steak and salmon and then salmon and salmon and then steak and steak and salmon and then salmon and steak, you know. And, and that's what I have over and over and over again. And I'm telling you, I, I learned to do it right on the barbecue. That's all I knew. But I did it, and it was wonderful, especially when you put Montreal steak seasoning on that steak. Johnny's seafood seasoning on the salmon. I'm telling you, it can't get better. And I knew exactly how to do it. But that's all that it was. That's, I mean, over and over and over and over. And I didn't do anything else. I'm telling you, that's, that's how we, you could ask my kids, you know. Um, if it wasn't salmon, it was the tri-tip or whatever that was. The best food in the world. Which, by the way, I'm going to revert to, uh, revert again back to this week um, when I have a guy's night. I have uh, Every once in a while I have the... The, the guys in the family, we get together and we do man things. I'm going to have steak and salmon. Because <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, that's good. But you know something, folks? Even the best food in the world gets tedious if you have it over and over and over and over and over again. I hate to admit it, but we got tired of steak and salmon. <laughs> I'd be excited to throw it on there. Hey, kids, guess what we're going to have tonight? Tonight, steak. Uh, great. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, then enter Diana. Oh, thank the Lord. <laughs> God is good. God is good to us. I'm telling you, this gal is a real cook. I mean, a, a genuine cook. She, I mean, every week she's got this whole list of everything and, and ideas of what she wants to make, and she tries this and tries that, everything. She makes stuff all the time she's never made before because she goes by recipes and is excellent at it. I mean, just wonderful at it, and and uh, really puts a lot in making meals for fun and to be unique and tasty and full of variety. And she'll do the protein thing. I'll get protein in the meals that she cooks, but I don't ever know it because <laughs> it's in this form or that form. Or she'll take the steak and put it in, you know, tacos or something. Or she'll, you know, it's just it's wonderful the way that she does it. Um, that's a lot of work. She could just slap a raw steak on the plate and say, "There, there's your protein. Eat up." You know, but that's, you know, yeah, I might, I might go ahead and get the nourishment like that, but that's no fun. A cook, a good cook is somebody that takes and 
gives the proper nourishment, but puts the time into it to make it palatable, make it good, make it tasty. You know, that's a good cook. Um, and by the way, I'm so grateful for my wife laboring, presenting great-tasting protein in various ways. Also, folks, you should be grateful and thankful for a preacher or a teacher who labors in the Word. Because it's the Word of God, and it's good, and it's nourishing, and we should be reminded over and over, not just all the time the same, 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 but you've got to put some labor, just like a good cook. First Timothy chapter 5, verse 17, Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. For the scripture saith, Thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn, and the labor is worthy of his reward. He says, they labor in word and doctrine. They get into the word of God, and if they're a good teacher, or a good Bible teacher, a good, good preacher, then they're going to put some time into it. I really appreciate that. When I go to different classes and I listen to some of the men or, or uh, the women in, in the children's Sunday school classes, they, they, they really put time into bringing things out in the Word of God. And you could tell they spent time in it. They, they have, have uh, 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 labored in it. And, and that's what uh, the, the person is supposed to do. But what I'm saying is it's the same thing and it should be, it should be presented in a, in a good way, in a, in a delicious way. But the point is that we need to be reminded continually of the truth. It's not something new, not something different, but of the truth. And that's what he says. Uh, our, our text, these things command and teach, and you're a good preacher, he says, if you put them in remembrance of these things. <clears throat> this is an over and over process of reminding. If you're not enthusiastic about coming to church or hearing familiar things, do you hear what I said? If you're maybe not real enthusiastic about coming to church because you're hearing familiar things, you're not hearing anything new, then you're setting yourself up for all kinds of problems going after new things. Because it's not always going to be new things. It's not always going to be something I've never heard before, but I need to be reminded of the things I do know and I have heard before, but I need to be reminded of those things. The procedures that God set up for his chosen people in Old Testament were repetitive, there were offerings and feasts and ordinances, and they were daily, and, and they were monthly, or they were, they were uh, by season, year by year. They have this feast, and do it again next year, and do it again next year. The ordinances were that way. Same thing, over and over and over. They were to do them over and over to remind them of their position, their pardon, their posture in relation to the Lord. Let me say this right now. Don't get tired of reading your Bible every day. And every week, every month, every year. Uh, Pastor, I've been saved seven years and I've read my Bible through seven times. Wonderful. Keep at it. You're supposed to do that kind of thing. You're supposed to... Well, it's not like you don't know it. It's not like you haven't read it before. But you know, the neat thing about the Word of God is there's always something that you've not seen. Just uh, this Saturday morning when the men were meeting for a Bible study and were in Exodus... Uh, what was it, guys? 37? Where, where are we in, in our Bible study, Brother John? 32? Um, there were some things in that chapter. I think I read that chapter 100 times. Saturday, Saturday morning, God brought up some stuff. I never saw that before. It's like, that's so cool. God's able to do that. It's a living word. But, but yeah, don't get tired of reading your Bible every day, every week, every year. Don't get tired of being faithful in church. I know it's not Bible, but Lee Robertson, Dr. Lee Robertson used to say, it takes three to thrive. And he's talking about Sunday morning, Sunday night, and a midweek service. 
takes three to thrive. Hey, that's, that's, um, that's good advice. That's wise. 1 Timothy 4, 6. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister. You just become obedient and watch God bless you for it. You get into that word that you already know. You've already read it before. You know it's there. You read it. You spend time in it before the Lord. And God will bless you. And God will bring some things that you need for that day. Just do it. And in doing so... We reject falsehood. They were urged to refuse the lies. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. But refuse profane and old wives' fables. So believers, are, they are to be reminded of the truth. They are to receive the truth. Look at verse number 9. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 9. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. That, that word acceptation is interesting. Not only should we be exposed to the truth over and over again, but we're to accept it or we're to receive it without reservation or fully receive it fully because it's worth or fitting to receive. It's worthy of all acceptation, all of it, wholeheartedly worthy to embrace it fully. Did you ever hear something, a phrase or an offer or something like that, that you weren't able to really get behind fully? Like, yeah, but, you know, it's not... It's not something, like it says here, uh, worthy of all acceptation. You just, you take it and take all of it, and that's the word of God. That's what you want. You want to get God. But see, sometimes you'll hear something that's kind of like something that, well, kind of halfway good or half, maybe not, you know, and, and you don't exactly know how to, how to take that. I was offered a, a free house in Woodenville. No kidding. I had a guy call me about th- three months ago, offered me a free house in a house. Paid for, you don't have to pay anything for it. It's a house. It was a mobile home, but it was a house. And I'm thinking, how cool is that? When do you get offered a house? Until I kind of looked into it, and it was an old mobile home, and mobile homes lose their, their uh, value quickly, and, and then it gets to the place where, you know, you, you're not, you know, the best, and sometimes they're you know, not worth much. And, but then with this situation... The guy was, the owner was selling it, and you just had to get it off this property he was about to build. He needed it off there. He wanted to avoid the dump charges. <laughs> he wanted to avoid, you know, demolition and putting it in the dump and, and him being paid, uh, you know, taking 10 grand out of his pocket to do that. So uh, he said, here, I got this house. You can, have, you can have it for free. Just move it. Just get it out of here. <laughs> and then, you know what, after I started thinking about that, and well, it's actually not worth even moving it, you know. It wasn't such a good deal. You know what I'm saying? It was an offer that I couldn't, um, as it says, is not worthy of all acceptation. I didn't say, man, it's all good. No, it's kind of good. Kind of, um, But the Bible can be and should be fully received, worthy of all acceptation, because it's worthy of that kind of an embrace. Worthy of all acceptation. It's not a mixed bag of good and bad. See, that's the neat thing about God's word. It's all good. Whatever God says, it's good and it's right and it should be followed and should be wholeheartedly embraced and, and, and taken. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22, the blessings of the Lord, it maketh rich and he addeth no sorrow with it. It's a blessing and if it's of the Lord, it's all good, not good and bad like so many offers that we see. It's totally good, totally wholesome and beneficial, worthy of all acceptation. That's the truth of God. And believers are, the believers are, are to be reminded of the truth, they're to, be rece- they're to receive the truth, and to the, they're to rely on the truth. Uh, 1 Timothy 4.10, 1 
where we started. For therefore, we both labor and suffer our approach because we trust in the living God. Hey, listen, that's putting our trust. We can trust God to keep his promises. He is so good. If he, if he said it, he's going to stand behind it. We can, we can take that to the bank. He's good for it. We trust God who is alive and powerful to do what he said he would. Okay, now, all of this is what we are to do with the Bible. And where we, where we started tonight, just that, that verse number 11, these things, the these things, the things about God's word, these things, the word of God, command and teach. Now we look at the attitude that we're to handle the Bible with. This is the attitude that we should have when we come to church, when we come to uh, devotion time, when we come to listening to what God has to say. We should have an attitude. Guys, we should have an attitude about that when, when we're exposed to the truth. These things command and teach. This is how the scripture should be dealt with. It's to be commanded and taught. So those two things, he says the, the word command. The Greek, Greek word command is, uh, I don't know if I can pronounce this properly, par, parangelo. It's from the wood word, angelos. And if you, you know your Greek at all or whatever, you're familiar, angelos, what, is that, what does that remind you of? Angels. It's where we get the word angels from. Uh, uh, angelos or angel is a, the, it means the messenger, a messenger with, um, uh, with the meaning of transmitting a message, some kind of a spokesman. Um, it's the messenger to deliver the message to a crowd or herd. That's what the, the, the word means. Um, um, paraangelo, uh, paraangelo is, is uh, how are you pronounce that? It's, it's the messenger that directs the gathering as a shepherd would direct the sheep. He has a message from God to be broadcast to the congregation. It's not one-on-one. It's a commanding situation. All right, everybody listen up. We're going this way. This is what God said. And so it's, it's, that's, it's the, the idea of a messenger, with, uh, messenger of God to a, a crowd to uh, uh, give direction. That's command. And then teach. This is explaining the subject where the listener actually learns it. A good teacher is not just a good teacher, but a good teacher is a teacher who, when they teach, when she teaches, when he teaches, the students learn. They actually get it. If the student is not doing any learning, that's not good teaching going on. So that's what he says. This is what we should do with the Word of God. Command and teach the Bible. So in 1 Timothy 4.11, these things command and teach. In the application of this verse, the attitude we should have in church, we are to get the instruction of God's word by, number one, three things that will be done. Number one, public instruction. It says by commandment. This is the, the public uh, uh, broadcasting of the message of God. Titus 1.3, but, he's talking about God, has in due times manifested his word through preaching, which is committed unto me according to the commandment of God our Savior. The word manifested, when he says uh, uh, preaching is, uh, the, the word of God is go out by the manifestation of preaching. When he says the word manifested is the Greek word phanero, I'm not exactly sure if I'm pronouncing it correctly, but it's from the Greek word phos. Uh, it's, it's the same word that we get our words related to light, like photo or phosphorus or phosphate. It means to shine, to shine out. When, when the, the word of God is to be manifested, it's to shine out. Like, like you turn on a light and it, and, and it shines, the, the, the rays of light go everywhere. That's 
the preaching. It says uh, he's manifested his word through preaching. That's the manner of preaching. Apparent, apparent shining out of the truth. Open, public, group instruction. It's the command. These things, the Bible should be, he says, two things should happen with the word of God. They should, it should be public instruction by commandment. But then he says by teaching, and this is personal absorption. Not just coming to hear a preacher preach, but it's also so that everybody and myself also can take these things in and learn it and get it. Personal absorption. We're to not just hear the word preach, but we're to absorb it by implication through learning it or applying it to our lives, our families, our jobs, our schools, our friends, our family, our daily walk. We're to pay, pay attention. How does the word of God change me? What does that mean about my words, about my attitudes, about my job, about my friends, about where I go or don't go? Hey, what does that mean? This is by teaching it where, where the person gets it. Not just to understand the doctrines, but to learn the application of it to our lives. What does it mean to me? How does this change me? That's the learning. Every time you come to church, folks, every time you, you get into your Bible, you should say, God, speak to me. I want you to direct me, uh, teach me, guide me, uh, help me to, to be more conformed to you. And you know what? He'll do that. He'll, he'll lay it out. And so you're to... Okay, so uh, the attitude that we should have in church were to get instruction of God's word by public instruction by commandment, by personal absorption, by teaching, and then by positive assimilation, or by obeying it. You know, he says these things command and teach. And he doesn't say, you know, uh, and so then you have the option of accepting it or rejecting it. And then you could decide whether or not you want to follow it or not follow it. No, no, that's not even an option. It's the truth. If it is God's word... If it's what God says, there is no, there is no objection of that. It's you're, you're, you're only, the only uh, uh, conclusion of hearing the teaching and the, word, the, the, the words of God is to obey it. There is no option of rejection. If indeed it's the word of God, then all are to embrace it and to accept it. All from the top down. That means myself included. This is not one set of standards for the leader or leaders and another for the followers. No, no. Everybody has the same rules. This is not the U.S. government. This is not a, a corporation. This is when, when the word of God comes, and yes, I'm the shepherd or the under-shepherd. We all have the shepherd teaching us and leading us. and guiding. We're all to be submissive to his word. We're all to obey it. We're all to not just hear it pre uh, preached, but we are to learn it ourselves. All are to accept these words, the Bible, the scripture, as authoritative, as true, and our rule of faith and practice. We don't come to hear the Bible to be taught so that we can then decide whether or not we want to follow it and obey it. That's not why you learn the Bible. You don't learn, you don't learn the word of God to, to, to decide, well, let me see if I really want to get my finances in order. Let me see if I really want to change my relationship with my spouse by what the Bible says it ought to be. No, no. Whatever it says, we obey, we follow. You regard it, you believe it, you bow to it. Remember recently when we used the illustration of the men that came to Jeremiah and said, Jeremiah chapter 42, I was preaching this on a Sunday morning, and uh, this is what they did. They came to Jeremiah in captivity, and they said, <clears throat> Jeremiah, whether it be good or whether it be evil, 
We will obey the voice of the Lord our God to whom we send thee, that it may be well with us when we obey the voice of the Lord our God. He said, they were saying, what does God say? <clears throat> Show us what God says. And you know what? No matter what it is, whether it's good or bad, whether it's easy or whether it's hard to obey, it doesn't matter. We're going to do it. Just give us God's word. That's a great attitude to have. That is a great position <clears throat> to take. That's the position that we all should take. Although that was exactly what they should have said and did. They discovered, once they discovered God's word, then they decided not to obey it in, in that particular chapter, in that, in that uh, situation. You can read about that later. That's a shame. They had good words. They were saying, hey, whatever it is, we will obey the voice of the Lord of God. And it doesn't matter whether it's good or whether it's hard or evil. But they didn't. See, there's no room for that concerning the commands of God. God gives no valid option of rejection. There's no such option that God lays on the table for rejection. Oh, you could reject what God says. You could disbelieve what God says, but that's wrong. It's always wrong. You're always going to hurt. You're always on the wrong side of things if you don't accept the word of God that is commanded and taught. If it's God's word and it's faithfully proclaimed and taught then it's the only, op the only option is to obey it. Folks, that's the attitude that we should have when we come to church. It's whatever says the Lord, whatever he says, whatever it is, we're going to do it. We're going we're gonna to go ahead and apply that. <clears throat> Let me say this for you who want to hear every variable way that frail men interpret the Bible. Because there's all kinds of opinions out there. <clears throat> this, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> this type of a church, they call in different circles <clears throat> authoritative. Maybe that's not a real pleasant word today, because there's many connotations that you have all kinds of organizations that go awry and that have some kind of a dictator or some kind of an abusive person that's leading the charge who is authoritative. They're thinking about a Jim Jones or something like that. <clears throat> but, but churches like this, churches that take a stance on the word of God, like we're saying, they're, they're, they're seen as authoritative. Oh, they're so authoritative. When the, the attitude of, the, of the, the time is to question authority. Not obey, not do, not, not follow, but question. Always question authority. So for you who want to hear every variable way that frail men interpret the Bible so you can pick and choose which version of the truth that you want to follow. Let me ask you this. Do you think that you're ever going to conclude to heed the word of God as it is to be heeded? You know what he says about our attitude in, in receiving the word of God? He says, hey, the word of God, Satan says this, God says this. The truth is to be commanded and taught. As he says, these things command and teach, and it's for people to receive. Do you think you're ever going to have that kind of an attitude if you're always looking to find out what this person says and that person says? And uh, There's so many Bible scholars out, you know, Bible scholars. You can, you can end up anywhere in any doctrine, about anything. You're going to have somebody that's so upside down or, or cockeyed that you, know, you, can, you can get off the rails. You're never going to go, you're never going to conclude to heed the word of God as it is to be heeded because 
There's multitudes out there that hate the word of God. They work to warp God's word, to change it, to defile it, to dilute it. No, no. When the Bible is boldly preached as the commands of God and taught to be obeyed for personal instruction, then there is absolutely no room for that kind of an attitude towards God's word. No, no. The, o- the only right conclusion is, that's right. We're, as for me and my house, that's where we are. We're going to do that. The best we know how, we're going to follow the word of God. See, folks, <clears throat> we ought to come to church this way. We ought to come to the table with the attitude, whatever God says, that I'm going to do. First Timothy 4.11, these things command and teach. This reminds us of the passage in Titus 2.15. It says, these things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. How can you have all authority? I can't, but you know what? This is God's word. Here it is, with all authority. This is what you're supposed to do and teach and, and command and rebuke with all authority. We're in such a society today that that has the stance of reject, rejecting absolute authority. And that it goes against the grain to be associated with a church like this, a book like this, a God like this one who's, who commands and teaches with all authority. But that doesn't change the truth of the Bible. It's to be authoritatively preached, taught, and accepted. These things command and teach. Let's do that. It's going to take me, and it's going to take you. It's going to take all of us. Let's do it. Lord, thank you so much.